0: In our household, there's a topic of conversation that comes up quite often. We've got a nine-year-old boy, Daniel. The topic is superheroes. Daniel loves superheroes. Now, if you're into superheroes, he's a little bit more of a Marvel man than a DC man. That means something to some people, and to others of you just go, what are you talking about? But Daniel loves his superheroes. And the these are, sorry, these are the wrong ones. If Daniel was here, he'd, he'd say, why are you using the DC ones? I like the Marvel ones. But anyway, I don't actually even know who a couple of those are. But um, the conversation normally is about their superpowers, beating up the baddies, their super, superpowers. What have they got? Now, Tanya adds a conversation to this about whether Batman and Iron Man actually are superheroes because they're just rich boys with toys. They not actually don't actually have superpowers, so there's you know a bit of a debate there. This is serious, heavy stuff, guys. Um, but um, but this is this is a big conversation um, that kind of on goes as Daniel explores superheroes and and loves that. But it gets you thinking about about what a hero is. And in our own lives, I'm sure there's a bunch of people that have influenced us that have had an impact in in our lives that we look up to as as heroes. They maybe don't have superpowers, but they're making a difference. They're overcoming obstacles and challenges. And they've had an impact in your life to get you to where you are today. Can anyone think of a superhero, a hero that comes to mind in their own lives? Are there any heroes in your journey? Your father? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Your wife? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes I think my wife has superpowers. Anybody else have heroes that that they can think of that have got them to where they are today? Build, Build you up, inspired you, encouraged you? Jesus? When we look at this idea of heroes making a difference, overcoming obstacles, inspiring others, I don't really care so much about the title of being a hero, but those are attributes that I aspire to. I think of the people in my life that have got me to where I am today, that have encouraged me, that I've looked at and gone, wow, I'd like to be like them one day. Wow. I'd love to have that patience. Wow, I'd love to be able to do it like they do it, persevere like they've done it. And so I look and go, for my kids, I want to inspire them to make a difference, to overcome obstacles. To your kids, to our church, to our community. There's this aspect of heroes that maybe the title doesn't mean much, but attributes of making a difference, overcoming and inspiring others, encouraging them, is something that, that I definitely want to be part of my life. Now, it's a hard thing talking about heroes, because I don't claim to be a hero, and I've got plenty of things to work on, and so often the attributes of being a hero is stuff that we don't talk about, the real attributes. I'm not talking about superpowers. I'm talking about the groundwork that heroes have, that they invest into, that actually makes them heroes. We often don't want to talk about the hard stuff that got them there. We look at the outcome, we look at the headlines, we look at the achievements, but we often don't look at the groundwork that they went through to get them to that place. And so today, I'm not sharing from a point of experience necessarily, but I'm cheering from a point of aspiration, something that I want to get to, something that I want to, I want to achieve, I want to journey towards. And so there's some aspects of this that are a little bit raw, that we often don't talk about in church, that it takes to be a hero, it takes to be someone who has an impact makes a difference, is able to overcome and able to inspire others. It's the hard yards. The first thing that I think is required in being a hero is humility. Now, I've never heard a sermon preached on humility before, and I know why. Because when you start talking about humility, you often look pretty arrogant and proud. So no one wants to talk about it. So let's skip this. No, let's not skip this one. (laughs) Humility is recognising our own limitations, recognising that we do have failures and weaknesses, that we need help, that we need support, that we want to learn and grow. Do you know the word humility appears nearly a hundred times in the Bible? It's not insignificant to God. The idea of humbling ourselves before him and recognising our dependence on him, our need for him. Proverbs 11.2 says, Pride leads to grace, but with humility comes wisdom. This idea of being humble is is not something that our culture promotes, but it's something in God's kingdom is really valuable. The idea of recognising our need for him, recognising our need for forgiveness from him. It also motivates us. It motivates us to love, to be merciful and gracious, rather than focusing on our reputation or our status. Romans 12.3 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. It's not saying that you need a false humility, woe is me, I'm a disaster, I'm terrible, uh, you know. That, that's not what this is about. Sober judgment is a, a perspective of seeing who you are and who God is. The second point to being a hero is being enlightened Now, it sounds very new agey, sorry about that, but it's it's very simple. It's the idea of having discernment and wisdom. We saw before that with humility comes wisdom. And so humility and enlightenment actually kind of complement each other. Now, my wife will tell you that I don't have a stubborn bone in my body. She won't tell you that. But hypothetically, if I was stubborn... (laughs) That's right. If I was stubborn, I would say from my experience that my stubbornness and my pride are probably the biggest barriers to humility and wisdom and discernment. My stubbornness and lack of humility in that stubbornness is a real barrier so this humility recognizing that there's more than us we need we need god we need him actually complements the wisdom they go together it says in colossians 2:8 don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. It's about taking thoughts captive. It's about what we listen to and what we hear from out the outside and from within, and, and discerning about their truth, their value, their significance. Even when we use the microphone here at church, I hope you don't just listen to the person with the microphone and think it's magical and all of a sudden truth comes out of the microphone. Everything that you hear, everything that you digest, everything that I say, I'm far from perfect. So I hope when I talk, you actually discern what I say and think for yourself and go, is this truth? Is this relevant? It's important that we have this sense of enlightenment, sense of discernment and wisdom. Being responsible. We can be quick to blame others for our circumstances or our actions. Often we hear kids say, he made me do it. And I think as an adult, sometimes we don't change. Um, I know for myself, I can be tired and grumpy. But the reason I'm tired and grumpy is because I stayed up late watching TV or hanging out with friends. It was my actions. That's why I'm tired. I can't blame anybody else. Often, I'll hear, I was too busy. I was too busy to do something that I really wanted to do, but I was just too busy. You kind of go, well, really, it's just priorities. You're too busy doing other things, so you actually prioritise that out. Does that make sense? It was was a, a consequence of your choices. I think it's important to be accountable for our own decisions and our own actions. What comes out of my mouth is never someone else's fault. It's always my choice what comes out of my mouth. My actions are always my choice. The way I think and the way my emotions are my choice. You can't make me say something. And so I think being accountable for our actions is really important says in Proverbs 24.12, Don't try to avoid responsibility by saying you didn't know about it, for God knows all hearts and he sees you. Jeremiah 17.10 says, But I, the Lord, search the hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Being responsible for what we do. Being objective. This is having a healthy perspective. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. There's something that I've shared once before about, that surprised me about being in Fiji. And it wasn't while I was in Fiji that I got surprised about it, it was when I got back to Australia. See, Fijians have a much, I would say, healthier sense of community, of realising that they're actually part of something bigger. And I've shared before how in Australia we tend to start with me in the centre and my family revolves around me, my work and my culture and my, my community, all kind of Follow on, out out from me. I'm at the centre of the universe. Whereas coming back from Fiji, I realised those guys actually understand family and culture and that they're actually part of something. They're contributing to a bigger picture and they're not necessarily in the middle. And I think our perspective of how we relate to God, who he is, who we are, who my neighbour is, is a great way to have a perspective of of healthy living and, and of striving to this sense of being a hero. It's not all about me. There's a lot more, a lot bigger. And as this verse says, that if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding... There's something bigger, there's something more. The next one is enduring, perseverance. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Perseverance is something that's a real challenge. I know there's some guys who have started... uh, Started doing the Bible in a year. And, uh, and I'm doing it also. I've just got a year and a half's head start on them. And I'm about halfway. But I'm persevering. It wasn't my original plan. I was hoping to read the Bible in a year. And I hope the guys that are doing it can read the Bible in a year. That's fantastic. But there's this sense of persevering in something. The analogy someone used during the week was the idea of riding the Tour de France. When someone falls off their bike halfway through the the Tour de France, do they have to go back to the start? No. They get back on the bike where they left off and they keep going. Sometimes we can be a bit too harsh on ourselves and we think we're a failure because things didn't work out. But this idea of persevering, continuing, pressing on, pushing through, not giving up hope, is something that is really significant. And lastly, is self-control. Proverbs 16.32 says, it's better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. I was, um, Ben's not here. Uh, ben um, Joel's not here so I can talk about him. Um, we were chatting the other day about um, sometimes his frustration with undoing bolts when they don't behave themselves and don't want to come off. And I'm sure you've experienced a similar thing. And that in that moment the words that come out of your mouth or the actions or the thoughts or whatever might go on, just trying to do something that's not working. I had my moment on Australia Day. I'd uh, decided to put up a garden shed. Daniel kept reminding me that the box said, the world's easiest garden shed to put together or something. Didn't feel like it at the time. trying to get two roof parts together, Tanya holding up one bit and the two kids standing there watching. And after, felt like forever, it was probably five minutes, these two parts wouldn't go together. And I got a little frustrated. And I said some things that were probably not that true about my helpers, about the shed... Self control is something that's not a destination, it's a work in progress. And in that moment, that five minutes, my whole world was upside down. Now, looking at it now, we can laugh. But at the time, I'd lost my self control. Something really simple, like a garden shed. Let's just go back a second having a healthy perspective. Something went wrong there. My perspective was warped. I had this idea that the five minutes that I'd wasted without these two parts going together, within the big picture, was really significant and was worth throwing a tantrum over. And as I said, in hindsight, it's awesome. But at the moment, at that time, I'd lost my self-control. The shed is up at the moment, although we haven't had much wind, so we'll see. Just to finish the story, I, I blame the shed's design. Um, uh, it was user error. That's, that's the technical term. Um, so yes, the shed is up. It's in one piece. Um, and it, you know, it, it went up with... Uh, it does actually look like the drawing in the box, believe it or not. Although I do have to say, completely unrelated to anything, the two doors at the front of it are a little bit skew, So you know, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I'll, it, it's yeah, work in progress, but um, ten years' job. <laughs> um, no parts left over. It's all in one piece. Now, if we look at this list, by the way, just as another aside. I've never done an acrostic before. <laughs> and, and I don't think I'm ever going to do one again. <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've often looked at preachers doing acrostics and whatnot, and, and for some people, they find them really useful to remember things. And I'm not much of a word person. So, but I, I realised, I, I, I think this is actually going to work, and it might help some people to understand what I'm, what I'm doing here. Not me particularly, but wordy people. But then I realised, not being a wordy person, that HEROES has an E in it, H-E-R-O-E-S, and it, I thought, oh, I'm going to throw this out the window, um, but, uh, but that's okay, we got there in the end. I'm <laughs> sure right. uh, But when we look at this list, it's a pretty boring list, Humility. Enlightened, responsible, objective, enduring, self-control, mate, it's kind of like a list of vitamins, stuff that's good for you but tastes like rubbish. <laughs> and that's the problem, because we look at heroes and the awesome things that we've learned from the, the end, the showreel of their lives, and we forget what happened behind the scenes. We look at the amazing things that we were inspired by, but we often don't get to see the endurance, the humility, the challenges that they faced to actually get there. We think of our our spouses and our our dads and those that we've, we've talked about. We only see a snapshot of their journey. And yet, what happened behind closed doors? What did they have to work out and press on and, and, and work through to get to that point. And so this list looks on the surface like a pretty boring, mundane list of stuff that's hard. And in some senses it is. But in other sense, as this year we explore thriving, the idea of not just surviving life but thriving in life. I really didn't want to miss this part of the picture because it's awesome to talk about going in God's strength and, and using the gifts that he's given us and, and stretching and, and trying new things. But if we do all that stuff and we don't have patience, we don't have perseverance, we don't have humility, we can't see how we fit into God's picture, then we're going to fall on their faces and we're going to get disappointed and we're going to want to start again or go try something else. Now, I don't want to paint the wrong picture. These are things that, that we bring to our relationship with God. But at the same time, he's sowing and investing and doing amazing things. And, and an example of that is I, I look at, we've got some strawberries at home. They were given to us two weeks before, after we moved in. And... I didn't have a garden bed, nothing, so we just put them at the back fence, up against the fence, and they've sat there for three years. And for the first couple of years, they got some attention and some love, and Catherine, our seven-year-old, kind of went out and liked picking the strawberries and eating them. But as I look at them now, there's grass growing up amongst them, and the snails have come and eaten things. And Now, can I claim anything for the growth of those strawberries? God did that. For their nurture and their, their sustenance and their, how, they, how they live. I can't claim that. But I am accountable for the grass and the snails. That was my part of the picture. And in their healthy development, I've let my part of the picture down. And so I guess in terms of us moving ahead this year and... And, and thriving, not just surviving. I want to point out some of these things that, that are part of my accountability to God, things that I can bring to the picture. So I'm not here to judge or to, to tell everyone to fix their game up, but I just want as we progress through this year, as we take on new challenges, as we step up and encourage one another to, to push on, Let's not forget the things that we're accountable to, the hard work that we can work on. There's a particular hero that I want to finish with the story of. He's a hero that I first read about when I was maybe 14 or 15. And his name's Stephen. He only gets two chapters in the Bible, but they're a pretty amazing two chapters. It starts off with a problem in the church. There were some people that weren't getting their fair distribution of the food, some of the widows. And so the disciples said, look, we're busy out on the road, preaching and, and sharing God's word. Why don't you raise up seven people? Get seven seven people to to, to try and fix up this situation and Stephen was one of these seven people but he singled out as being a man full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. It then goes on to say that the group grew and flourished that more lives and more people came into their fold including some priests and Stephen did miraculous things in the power of God. It doesn't stop there, though. Because of his servant heart, because of what he was doing, he put some people's noses out of joint at the temple. And so they managed to conjure up a story about how he blasphemed against God and he went on trial. And while he was on trial, these accusations came forward And I won't go through the whole thing, but he shared the history of the Jewish people with them. And he had an amazing perspective of who he was, who the Jewish people were, and who God was. Standing there, watching this, was a young man called Saul. In fact, he held all their coats, and he approved of what was going on. The conclusion was Stephen was stoned to death. Doesn't sound that appealing. But in those last moments, he said, God, don't forgive them for what they've done. And as a teenager, I looked at this story and went, wow, that's an amazing guy. He uses phrases in the passage about while he's standing there on trial, his face radiated because he was so full of the Holy Spirit. Just go, wow. Where did Stephen start? He started as a guy distributing food. And yet he ended up a guy dying for his faith with a testimony that not only impacted me, but that guy standing there, that young guy, Saul, watched this go on, watched his testimony, the sacrifice he was prepared to make for his God. If you've got time this week, read it. It's, it's, it's fairly long. But read Acts 6 and 7. I really encourage you to. Because... Stephen is one of my heroes. He's one of those guys that, that I go, it takes perseverance. It takes humility. It makes these things not boring. Someone like Stephen makes these things foundational and stuff that I actually really value. I'm not there, I'm not saying I'm there, but I really value these things in my life. And when I get to that point of being accused of things that I haven't done, if that happens, and I get stoned for that, I'd love to have a perspective like Stephen has. It may not happen. God's in control of that. But in whatever circumstances I face, I just want to be like Stephen. A lot of the time, this is the sort of superhero I feel like. (laughs) and this picture is probably closer to the truth I can dress up like a superhero but in reality there's a lot of work to go We, we haven't been left to wrestle this on our own we have been put in a family of people who care for us who value us who want to encourage us and we can we can sit in isolation and try and improve but i'd really challenge you if you wrestle with some of these things if you look at these things and go that is just way too hard don't do it on your own there's no need We weren't designed to do it on our own. We've been given the Holy Spirit to empower and encourage and and His grace just goes beyond. If you want perseverance, the Holy Spirit's got more perseverance than anybody I've ever known in my life. He keeps on hoping, even though I've given up. So as we tackle this year, as we step out, as we take on whatever it is God's got in store for us, Let's not forget the foundations. Let's not forget it's built on Christ. And we can work on these things too. It's not always fun, but I think it's important. It's really, these aren't just signs of a hero. These are signs of maturity. And when we look at a plant it doesn't produce fruit until it's reached maturity. We look at the human body, it doesn't produce a child until it's reached maturity. And I think as we desire and long to produce fruit for God's kingdom, let's work on our maturity together. Let's encourage one another. Let's spur one another on. Let's stand with one another And say, let's do this. Let's pray. Lord God, as we reflect on ourselves, our limitations, our hopes, our dreams, Lord, we never, ever want to forget you. We never, ever want to forget the purpose, the reason, the motivation for why we want to be heroes, Lord. Not that we want to be heroes, Lord, but we do want to make a difference. We do want to overcome adversity. We do want to inspire our kids and those around us, our community, not to follow us, but to follow you. Father, we know we can't do it on our own. This list looks impossible. But Father, we come to you and we say, by your Spirit, teach us and lead us and guide us. Give us the humility to ask for help, to stand with others and journey with them and encourage them too. Lord, give us the wisdom, the discernment to know what to do, to know what what the right choices to make are, Lord, we want to be accountable for the words that we speak, for the actions that we say, for the things that we do and the things that we think. Lord, we want to understand more of who you are. We have that objective of of knowing that you are our Lord and our God, that you have a plan and purpose for us, that you will never leave or forsake us. Lord, we want to press on to endure, to persevere that you might be glorified. Father, we just ask that as we tackle this year, as we face the challenges that we already know about and the challenges that we have no idea about, Lord, we ask that you will continue to build maturity in each of us, Lord God. We want fruit that lasts, fruit that endures, Lord, kingdom fruit. We thank you, Father, for everything you're going to do in and through each of us this year. Lord, we're excited. We're excited about what we can do together together with your body and with you leading it. We just ask, Lord, that you'd help us bring our A-game. Bring everything that we've got, everything that we are. Far from perfect, but everything that we are, we bring to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.